0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Continuing a series, which I must state right now, this is not a disclaimer, it's just the facts. Teaching on boundaries is not popular. I am of Latin and mixed heritage, and I know this about Hispanics. Hispanics naturally... Regardless regardless of your background, you're, you're Spaniard, Mexican, Guatemalan, Dominican, from Honduras. Hispanics naturally have the ability to encroach on boundaries and maybe not have any boundaries. Okay? My last name is S-E-N-A, N-A, S-E-N-A, so I can talk about Hispanics, all right? But then I can talk about Irish folks, too. My mom was mixed and English and different stuff. But I'm going to tell you this. Hispanics... Sometimes we as Hispanics, we struggle with boundaries, but sometimes humans struggle with boundaries. Now, boundaries are wonderful if you're keeping them for yourself, but how about for other people, right? We know that the word no upsets people sometimes. Boundaries tell me, according to Scripture, you know, all throughout Scripture, God talks about boundaries. He spoke into the darkness and created light, and there was light and there was dark. When he's talking about the tribes of Israel, he's talking about this tribe is for this boundaries for Asher and Benjamin and the Levitical priests are going to have this. And it was all about boundaries. People don't want to talk about boundaries because it makes them uncomfortable sometimes. But today we're going to talk about boundaries. And if you get convicted in it at any point. You'll have time to repent at the end with me. All right. Or you, let me say it better. If you get mad at any point, you can repent with me at the end. I'm always asking for God to check the boundaries in my life and to check my heart's attitudes. By Wednesday of this week, I had this message written out. I love having it ready before Saturday, so I can just pray over it on Saturday and add some stuff. But all the verses were already here. By Wednesday of this week, and I feel like God laid this on my heart and made it a revelation to me. And as I've been studying the Boundaries book, it's by Drs. Cloud and Townsend. I read the book years ago. But you can see that we as believers need boundaries, too. Why? Why? god is a god of boundaries people say i want to live and do whatever i want go ahead prison and death row proves that people have tried to live exactly how they want they wouldn't listen to parents wouldn't listen to society and eventually they get to a place where the government has to cry and that's terrible because you know the government they've got their own problems right what did reagan say the seven scariest words in the english language ronald reagan I'm with the government. I'm here to help or help you. I don't know how many words that was. Can you imagine? Think about that. So you don't have boundaries. Eventually somebody puts boundaries on you. And I've seen people do this. I've heard people do this. I was raised in church and I heard people say, well, you know what? I'm not going to serve God, but I'm not going to serve the devil either. Jesus said, whoever's not for me is against me. And, you know, let me tell you something about the enemy. I don't talk a lot about the enemy because just he's been defeated. But I'm going to tell you, it's usually the battle in our minds we need to deal with, our personal weaknesses, our personal weirdnesses. Is that a real, real word? We as humans, we got baggage. we got stuff we got to deal with, okay? You don't have to worry about the enemy much. You've accepted Jesus and you know your place. You know your authority, the authority Jesus has given you over the enemy. But folks that say, I'm not going to serve God or the devil, we heard years ago one guy said, I'm going to go back in the world, and the devil's going to think I'm serving it, serving him, but I'm not. I'm going to flip the script on the devil. I'll never forget his, his Bible study leader at the time and said, wait, you mean you're going to be at parties smoking, cussing, and drinking, and you're going to flip the script on the devil, right? He said, yeah, he'll think I'm serving him, but I'm not. Well, it doesn't work that way. He said, well, I don't, I'm not going to serve God. Here's what's crazy, though, and some of you have heard me say this before. Now, this is crazy. This sounds crazy, but... One man of God said it so well years ago. He said, if you do not serve God or worship him by default, look how weird this is. But look at the truth of it based upon scripture. He says, if you do not serve or worship God, by default, you are a Satan worshiper. Jesus said, whoever's not for me is what? That's that's tough, isn't it? Say, well, I'm not really going to serve God. I I accepted Jesus, but I'm not going to serve. Well, then you don't you don't worship him. Who do you worship? You say, well, I worship myself. Mm. That gets into another thing there. So talking about boundaries today, God says, here it is. Here's the boundaries. Sin. I draw a line at sin, the Lord says. And there's consequences. He gave us 10 boundaries in Exodus 20. They're called the Ten Commandments. Ironically Moses the lawgiver is up on top of the mountain getting the 10 boundaries he comes down from the mountain and what are the Israelites doing reveling partying and having perverted activities and worshiping a golden calf said this golden calf is who brought you out of Egypt can you imagine apart from God we're we're nuts No, let's be real today. Let's, let's lay that down. Let's let that be a boundary. Apart from God, we're nuts, and money won't fix you. A new hairstyle, um, I'm going to tell you right now, I may have reinvented myself when I shaved my head in 03, but my hair was going the way of the buffalo anyway. Well, no, buffaloes aren't extinct. Let's say the way of the T-Rex, because that sounds aggressive. That sounds manly. Let me tell you right now, clothes, money, all the things that you want apart from God, God will bless you. God will take care of you. I promise. I promise. I promise. God will always take care of you. Always. Has anybody in here, did anybody starve this week? Remember, we've been joking about it for about a month or two now. I told you I have the new body by Corona. <laughs> Put on all kinds of weight. Jen said, baby, we got to work out. (laughs) I didn't know if that was a subtle hint or not so subtle. I don't know. Now, Jen wants me to live long. I'm not getting any younger. That's what it's about mostly. Jen goes, I don't care how you look, baby. I want you to feel good and live long. Okay. Praise God. Did you know that nothing in this life satisfies, and God created boundaries to help you understand that? Nothing People say, man, I just want to sleep with whoever. Well, there's consequences for that, aren't there? There's consequences for that. They violated boundaries. Say, I want to I wanna go 100 miles an hour through the, the school zone. There's consequences for that if you get caught. There's consequence. So see, the law of sowing and reaping, Galatians 6-7, what you sow, that's what you eventually reap, right? People say, well, that's just with tithe and offering. No, you sow bad attitudes, you get bad attitudes. You sow hatred, you receive hatred. You sow unforgiveness, what do you receive? Unforgiveness. You sow lack of mercy, what do you get when the time comes? There's been people who've needed my mercy so bad. They needed to be able to look me in the eye and go, "Man, am I going to be okay? I messed up." And I say, "Well, here's God God's boundaries, but praise God there's forgiveness." Sometimes you got to deal with consequences. I understand that. I've had that in my own life played over and over again. I dealt with the consequences. But right now, somebody needs to hear this. There's forgiveness. Are you with me? Say, man, I've really messed up in this area. There's forgiveness. But I want to talk to you about boundaries that God has given us as believers. Today's message is boundaries for believers. Boundaries for believers. Number one, feelings. Feelings have gotten a bad rap in the church of Jesus over the years because some say, well, we just need to be all emotional, just totally trip out and be led by our feelings. Then there's those that go, nope, we're not going to have any feelings. It's God's word only, and we're going to just God's word. And I understand that. When it's about faith, it's not about your feelings. But why would God give you feelings if they weren't important? Scripture says God has emotions. He's the righteous judge of the earth, but he has emotions. So he gave us feelings for a reason. Let's go to Luke 10.33. Luke 10.33. Now, once again, you don't base your faith and convictions on feelings. And let me make another statement. You don't ignore feelings or place them in charge. You heard me talking about prison and death row for those who did whatever they wanted and went by their feelings and emotions only. There's probably some demons involved there, too, but... Look at this. Look at this verse. Luke 10:33. I'm not reading the whole story. Then a despised Samaritan came along. These were the mixed Jews. They were looked down upon by the Jews. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Had he not felt compassion for this man in the story, we would not have had this story. He felt compassion. You ever been moved to help somebody because you felt sorry for him or you were upset or you say, man, I feel that way sometimes. Well, those feelings within godly, moral, and legal boundaries, you can give in to those feelings. You say, man, this dude looked rough. I just wanted to help him, so help him. She looked like she needed help or love or a shoulder to cry on. Be there. Let's go to Matthew 9 36. Matthew 9 36. Look at this. When he saw the crowds, it was talking about whom? Jesus. I didn't give you time to answer. I'm sorry. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That was something powerful there. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Because of the Lord's compassion, we are now saved by faith and his abundant grace. He he had compassion on us. He said, man, they need me. Since the Garden of Eden, the Lord said, at that, that point, when we were deceived, we say, we, that wasn't me. If you were in the garden, you would have messed up too. Why? Your DNA says, even though I can have it all and it's perfect here, I want that. Human DNA says, I need that. Now, you can use that for ambition and and moving ahead. Maybe ambition isn't a great word. Or drive or initiative. Say, man, I want more. I'm going to get more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to have vision. But you know how it is. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had everything. And they said, yeah, we've been forbidden that one tree. We want the fruit from that one tree. How many other millions of trees were they given access to? Billions? Trillions? Was the whole planet the Garden of Eden? I don't know. But they said, we want the forbidden fruit. We want the forbidden fruit. And because of that, God said, okay, he prophesied immediately. As soon as they did it, he prophesied and basically said, the seed of the woman is going to conquer the enemy here one day. Scripture says he was the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before you were even created, God had a plan to save you. That blows me away. And in doing so, he gave you feelings and he has feelings for you. So feelings, they can be good. Feelings can tell you the state of your relationships. If something in your relationship is angering you or bothering you, maybe a boundary of yours is being infringed upon. Just look into it there. Matthew 15, 32, look at this verse. When Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. The disciples are ready to just be done. (laughs) We won't get into all that. Jesus said, man, I feel bad for these people. They've been here with me all this time. They have nothing left to eat. Can't send them away like this. They may faint. They're not going to make it home. He cared. He's always cared. Your feelings, once again. You can't be led your whole life by feelings, but you cannot ignore them. You can't place them in charge. All right. Have you ever gotten to a big problem because of acting out in anger, insecurity, resentment, jealousy, fear? It was just based upon a feeling in the moment. You ever done that? Maybe not you, but I have. And it's there's consequences, right? There's consequences sometimes. And man, I I should have waited. I should I shouldn't have not. I should not have hit send on that text. There's been times you hit send on the text you wanted to drive out somewhere and tear down the servers and turn off the power. There's nothing, but there's nothing you can do. Sent. Oh, maybe they won't get it. No, they they got it. Unless it unless you're an iPhone user and they're not, and it texts green, and you may, they may or may not ever get it. That's something like, everybody get iPhones, man, in Jesus name. I don't even like the compo- the co- I don't even like the company Apple or what they stand for, but they make good stuff. All right? Get you an iPhone so we can text in blue. Okay. Let's go to number two. Attitudes and beliefs. Attitudes and beliefs. Your attitudes and beliefs, orientation or stance that we take toward God, others, or things. That's an attitude and a belief. Work, relationships, How we raise our kids, how we attend church, how we serve God or want to serve God, the way we view God, attitudes and beliefs. Let's go to Matthew 15, 3. Look at this. This is amazing, right here. Look at Jesus dealt with all this. Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? A tradition is an attitude and a belief, huh? Everybody still with me? Say, Well, we've always done it that way. But what if it's wrong? Well, we've always, but what if it's not the right thing to do? Attitudes and beliefs. Look at this. Here's a true story. I don't remember which man or woman of God told this story, but there was a lady, and she would, I guess she would prepare for Thanksgiving meal, and she would get a big piece of ham, right? You know, those, They're like a block of ham. And she would cut off like a third of it, throw it away, and put that ham in the pan and then bake it. Finally, someone said, why do you do that with your ham? You're wasting all that meat. And she said, it's the way my grandma taught my mom and what my mom taught me. And finally, they researched it and they said, why did grandma do that? Said, you must have done it so the meat would taste better. And grandma said, no, baby. We were in depression times. The pan we had, we couldn't get all the meat into the pan. I had to cut off a third of the meat. (laughs) True story. Just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's the right way to do things. Your attitudes and beliefs, I don't know who this is for this morning, your attitudes and beliefs may be based upon the fact that you haven't forgiven mom or dad or aunt or uncle yet. Let me get heavy with something real quick. Let's just deal with some things that have been happening to us as a nation. You had a tough time with a white guy or a white girl, so now all white people are bad. How does that make sense? You went to Mexico and 99% of the people were amazing, and one, you met somebody who was rude to you. said, Man, all Mexicanos, they're just, no. You had a tough experience with someone with darker skin than you, a black guy or a black woman. said, oh, oh, man, I had a tough time with a Native American. You know, I just all Native Americans. No, that's how prejudice profiling and it gets into racism say that they're, they're all that way. That's not true. What if God saw one sinner and said, You know what? He's so evil and so reprobate and has rejected me, so all of mankind, they just need to suffer because he's on his way to hell, so everybody else should be. What? Say, oh, man, I had a bad experience with a cop. Come on, man. So have I, and in Texas, too. Those people don't care about your sob story, rude or not. I've been pulled over by a state cop. Man, I got out of the here. I'm freezing. Man, I'm not wearing It's like March. It's blowing wind out of cold. I said, can I put on a jacket? No. <laughs> All cops are bad, man. I knew it. No, they're not. I've seen counterfeit $100 bills. What did that mean? There's a lot of real $100 bills out there. We'll roll those up and spend them, do something with them, put them in the bank. Man, all money's counterfeit. Well, give me all of yours. I'll tithe and give, and we'll put it to good use. We'll put it in a pool, something. Depends how much money it is. So how can we decide a whole people group or color or profession based upon one bad experience? Anybody ever gone to the store and somebody was a jerk to you? There's a lady at Albertsons. I can't believe it. After a while, I just couldn't believe it. i just show up in her line and just look at her because she was so rude. I didn't even have anything to say anymore. I was just like... <laughs> we just look at it, and she didn't really... She didn't care. So I just said, hi. She's all, hi. Doot. 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 You know? What? Our attitudes and beliefs, they... They, they may be rooted in something, but here's my question Is it correct? Do you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive maybe a certain color, maybe a certain profession, a policeman, a fireman, a, a politician? Oh man, all politicians! Have you, have you met every politician in the, on the whole planet? That seems scientifically impossible. I always say that Jonathan's not a politician, he's a diplomat. <laughs> Big difference. You can see why I am not a diplomat. I'd make a bowl of grits for everybody to kiss, right? With butter on top. (laughs) Number two, we're still talking about attitudes and beliefs. Let's go to Mark 7, 8. But not y'all, you know, everybody else. Not the Spanish service either. Not this church. I'm just making sure you're awake. Look at what Jesus said, for you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Your own tradition is a bad attitude or a belief system based upon, remember, a bad experience, unforgiveness. Some folks, man, they never forgave their dad, and guess who they became just like? They never forgave mom. I remember a young lady here in town, she hated her mom. You couldn't talk any sense to that girl, it's like she was in orbit. She just, she hated her mom. Guess what? She became 10 times the child of hell that her mom was. A hellion. Drugs and everything would not forgive her mom because of some things her mom did. She did everything worse. Unfor- it all started with unforgiveness. Got to check your boundary as a believer. Is my, my attitude and my belief, where's does this stand? Where does this stand? Okay? So we dealt with feelings. As believers, we dealt with attitudes and beliefs. Now let's go to behaviors. I was joking with someone about some of these verses the other day, but I promise it was already in my sermon since Wednesday. Behaviors have consequences. Or they have rewards and blessings and benefits. Husbands, if you're good to your wife, what usually happens? As a whole, she's good to you. It's deep. Wives, if you treat your husband good, usually he'll treat you good as well. Now, if you're in a situation where they're just tripping and they're just not acting right or responding well, that's between them and God, and you can lay down some boundaries, okay? But people with messed up boundaries have a distorted view of consequences and responsibility. You ever had somebody making all kinds of crazy decisions, messing up everybody around them, but at the same time they blame everybody? That ain't right. They think, and then there's others, though, that they go, no, we can't hold Miho accountable. It's mean. He's acting like a devil. I've, I've met with people, and, and their kid is acting like a devil, and nobody can tell him anything about him. And guess what? That's how you raise a juvenile delinquent. Johnny remembers I had a, I had a write-up years ago. He said, how to raise a juvenile delinquent? Blame everybody else. Always tell them it's not their fault. Give them no responsibility or blame in the matter. Go to bat for them, but always against authority figures. I remember having the academy over here. It was an eye-opener. We had some amazing experiences. Some great people came out of that academy. Had people that have married preachers, and some one guy who came out of the academy, he's a senior master sergeant in the Air Force. He's in Japan now. We have some great, we have politicians and diplomats and teachers and people running My Power and all this great stuff. Educated. Elaine's working on her doctorate degree now. Folks that came out of the academy. Valeria has a degree. Ariana has a degree. Just different people came out. He said, Man, did everybody get a degree? No, but there's a lot of success that came out of that academy. But then there were those. And I knew. I knew because mom and dad were reinforcing the junk. And you say, man, these kids are crazy. Yeah, but look at what mom. I remember moms coming in, they're going, I told my kids, nobody can disrespect them. I see what you mean, and then it's juvie, and then it's jail. And nobody's going to tell me nothing, Okay. Well, eventually you meet, you meet someone who puts a boundary on you. You say, man, I'm not going to serve God. I'm going to go out. I'm going I'm to go act like crazy. Well, guess what? The enemy, the devil, he will make you submit to him. He doesn't play like that. You guys, you think the Godfather and all that was tough? Where did those people get those evil actions from? Their, their father, the devil. The devil says, submit or I'll kill you. Submit, or I'll torture you. Submit, or I'll ruin everything for you right now. And he's, he's real diabolically creative that way. And people say, well, but you know what? I, there shouldn't be any. I know, well, it's just the way God made it. What you sow is what you reap. You can repent, but sometimes there's still consequences, and we'll deal with those. But here's what concerns me is when parents or a, a well-meaning adult, even pastor, or whoever, authority figure, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, they're always blocking their kids or their people from consequences. That's problematic. If he's been dealing dope, then there needs to be some consequences. Are you all with me? If he's been breaking, and see, they're real merciful until he breaks into your house and steals everything, huh? Man, y'all are judgmental. huh and how about he shoots one of your relatives? You're like, give him the, give him the max. Sowing and reaping. we got to be careful not to interrupt the law of sowing and reaping in people's lives. You say, I don't want to. I've seen this. I've seen little thug dudes say, man, I don't want to be corrected. They say, okay, we'll let the cops correct you. They say, the cops aren't going to correct me, and it just keeps going up in levels. Then the FBI corrects them. And then, I, what's above the FBI? The CIA? I, they'd have to be more. I guess they'd go international, but a lot of them aren't much more than local. But they wouldn't. They just wouldn't listen. Proverbs thirteen eighteen. Look at this verse. This is crazy. Dealing with behaviors. We as believers, if you ignore criticism, you will end in poverty and disgrace. Oh my gosh, Pastor Matt, that angers me. I didn't write it. If you accept correction, you will be honored. You ever dealt with someone and you were were waiting for them to kick your tail over something? You were like, I got to get with them. They're going to be so mad. I got to tell them the truth about this. And they're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You're like, really? (laughs) Let's pray. Wow. Look at verse 24. Those, look, here's another boundary line. Years ago me and my dad were talking someone said I don't spank my kids. That's between you and God. But we don't know more than God. You don't abuse kids, but look, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Now, past a certain age, you don't you don't don't be trying to spank a 17 year 18 year old kid. That just turns into weird stuff. They're like your size. I mean, you're you're scuffling and it's a, then then the cops have to come for some domestic thing. Don't do that. Get the no, don't do that. But it has to start somewhere. You know what they tried to tell the daycare to you to do several years back? Our child care facility? I believe it came down from the state and said, Don't say no. You know my answer to them telling us not to tell them no? Uh no. <laughs> You'll deal with no. I never understood that I don't tell my kids no well send them to my house I got all kinds of no's lying around (laughs) no 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 and pastor's notorious some of y'all heard pastor preach last week what you see is what you get with him he's that way at the house he's always been that way he's a much milder version now but growing up he would tell people he would preach he'd say correct your kids or I'm going to correct them He'd say, y'all are welcome to my house, you come over, but if you don't correct your kids, I'm going to correct them, and you don't spank them, I'll spank them. (laughs) And a lot of that just turns out to be a, you know, just a big threat, but still, they're like, what? Mm Mm-hmm. No, right? Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Hey, at some point, my parents didn't spank me anymore. They got creative. I was at an age, I'm like, y'all spank me, beat me but please don't take away my phone privileges. They were geniuses, though. They'd go, you don't get to talk on the phone for a week. And what do kids say? Y'all all 'all all did it. That's not fair. That's not fair. And then sometimes kids take this into their teenage years. They say, man, nobody loves me. Shut up, man. Right? Right? Let's go to Proverbs 15.10. Proverbs 15.10. Whoever abandons, hey, I didn't write this. Whoever abandons the right path will be severely disciplined. Whoever hates correction will die. They didn't say you'll go to hell, did it? No, but it says whoever hates correction. Now, that can be taken in different directions, but is this is just simplis- simply saying I remember years ago there was a guy, I was youth pastor when it happened. I don't remember the kid's name, but he was driving. I don't know if Elaine and John remember this story. I think he was driving on Grimes, and I don't know if he was going 95 miles an hour in his new truck, and he hit a lady pulling out in front of him. I don't know the whole kid's story, but they got into a terrible wreck. I think he T-boned her. And he got out of the vehicle angry, and guess what? That lady ended up dying. At some point in his life, someone didn't tell him no. Someone didn't tell him that's enough. Someone didn't make a threat and carry through with it. See, what parents do today, I've noticed this a lot. Parents, they do a lot of threats. My dad was real good at He'd talk, but dad didn't just nag. There were times that you'd say, oh, man, well, he'd still be talking about it. You remember we'd get in trouble and dad would talk to you about it all day, it seemed like? there were those times. It was like an ongoing lecture as you go. I'm like, wait, we're still talking about, I'm in punishment. I'm grounded. Dad called it restricted. I'm like, I'm in restriction. Why are we, I don't, I like to talk, but I don't even want to talk anymore. Much less listen. And dad's all, and you know what else? And and Elaine and John, they just hate it. And I'd just be like, shut up. Put your head down, kids. Let's go. We're going to get through it, right? But my dad was good at this, though. Dad carried out on promises often. It wasn't just threats or I'm going to, I'm going to know. There were rods of discipline and everything. Dad had a belt with all kinds of holes in that thing. I I think I imagine it, but he'd swing it, and I can imagine that the wind's whistling through it. You know, I don't think that happened, but dad kept his. Mom, same way. She'd say one more time. I'd get with my cousins. You can ask them. They were the ones that were the most mischievous. But I got in trouble a lot because I was the loudest. I'm just kidding. Now I was really mischievous. But I'll never forget. I mean, I was in, like, late high school, and Rod and Ryan came to stay with us one time. And we stayed on the other side of the house, and I don't remember what it was. I think I'd been l- loud all night. And finally, of course, I got expelled from the room with my cousins and Jonathan. Mom said, you are sleeping somewhere else. I'm like, where? She's like, I don't know, just somewhere, anywhere. Not in that room. And I, here I was, seven, pro, I could have been 18. I was 17, 18 at the house. And she's like, just go to the living room, whatever. I'm exhausted. I heard you. And I was, I was talking loud. I don't know what I did. I'd get so hyper with them. And then we'd drink Mountain Dew. They, it's like they would give me Mountain Dew and go like, hey, let's, let's see what Matt does. Let's see what he does. No, and dare him to do stuff. And I'm just, I'm just the craziest, you know, dare me to do something. Well, that night I got put on the couch. Mom said one more time and she kept her word. I'll never forget because the next morning, man, my neck was messed up. I slept on the couch. It was all weird. But there was a boundary for my behavior. See, he's just, he's just being a kid. Yeah, but being a kid, you know what scripture says? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. And with a rod, you drive it out. Is a rod a switch, a belt, or is it grounding, taking the phone away? I don't know, but at times, kids need to be spanked to a certain age. And then it's, okay. nothing works, spankings, grounding. And say, what do they hate? Well, you get creative as a parent. What do they hate? It's 3 PM. Go put on your pajamas. Go to bed. Get creative. I've seen parents do all kinds of cool stuff. Amazingly creative. They're like, this works on him. Nothing else did, but that does. We as believers, we need to understand that our behaviors have consequences. Other people's behaviors have consequences. We need to walk in love, but at the same time, you go, look, I love you, but now there's a boundary, and mom and dad always had boundaries, and they reminded us. They reminded us growing up. People say, oh, not me. I'm just going to be friends with my kids. Yeah, but then at some point, they don't respect you. There's a place where you become friends with your kids, but growing up, mom and dad said, we're not your friend i like, man, I'm in real need of friends right now, though. <laughs> and dad just didn't, he didn't care. He loved you enough to tell you the truth. He didn't care what you thought. He, dad was never running for office at the house, ever. There was no votes. I go, we're going to vote, see if dad's still electable here. No, he just, he was dad. And mom was mom, and they didn't care what we thought. But guess what? At some point I went, man, they're geniuses. They knew a bunch of stuff, even though they didn't know how to work in Nintendo. <laughs> Say, oh, you're old-fashioned. Yeah, but old-fashioned still works if it's based in the, in the word. I need to wind this up. Boundaries are so important that I don't want you to ignore them. I want to encourage you strongly. Get you the book Boundaries by Doctors Cloud and Townsend. In Spanish, it's called Limites. That's a good translation. Limits. There's times where you go, I I can't anymore. Well, then you lay a boundary there. It's too much. Say, man, but you're not walking in love if you hold them accountable for their actions. No, there's forgiveness. There's mercy. But sometimes we are not doing them a service at all. Kids, whoever, people acting crazy. If you say, no, that's it. I had people that acted up so much, I, I had to tell them, and this is rare, I had to tell them. Gave me such a hard time. I said, I'm not meeting with you anymore. Oh! But I'm like, the altar is still open. Go pray. They didn't go there either. Boundary. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise today. Lord, I thank you that your word, your word is what we base all this on. Your word. We didn't invent it, Lord God. We didn't come up with these scriptures. Say, man, it's different translations and stuff. Does it say that? Hey, it says what it says and it's there for all of us to read and know. Lord, you 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 did never you never did this in secret. You never did. You've done it out in the open and here it is. It's for us to read, it's for the whole world to know the best-selling book of all time, your word, the creator's manual, our guidelines, a book of boundaries, limits. And I thank you for that today, God. Give us wisdom in boundaries for our lives, limits. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to separate and understand differences, boundary lines. What is what? If there's anybody in this house or watching the stream online today, and you say, man, I just want to make sure my heart is right with God. Nobody's looking right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, I just want to make sure my heart is right with God. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. It doesn't matter what it's for. That's, that's between you and God. I'm not going to ask anybody. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty and courage. Let's pray together. This is for everyone at the sound of my voice. Please repeat this prayer with me. This is the heartfelt message of my life is make sure people are right with God and to get them to fall in love with the truth. Everybody in the house and those watching online, repeat out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. You said in your word in 1 John chapter 1 that if I would confess my sin that you are faithful and just to cleanse me and forgive me of all unrighteousness. I receive and I believe your word. I'm sorry, Lord. If I've grieved your Holy Spirit, if I've upset you, I want to be right with you, Lord. Make me right with you by the blood of Jesus. I believe. I don't understand it, but I believe. Thank you, Lord, for your boundaries. Everybody say this. Thank you, Lord, for your boundaries, your limits, and your word. Thank you, Lord. I trust you. Right there with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I'm praying today that God give you a newfound revelation of boundaries, a newfound revelation of Yes, what works for you in God's kingdom? Not just, I'm going to live a life of comfort only. No, I don't mean that. But I mean, you've got to have limits and boundaries. Otherwise, your world is disorganized and your world soon becomes chaos. I'm praying that God speak to you about the boundaries found in his word. I'm praying that God speak to you through that book, should you choose to buy it. Here's what I'm saying, just like I would... I really want to say about any word of God that I speak from this pulpit, don't wait five years because five years from now you turn around and you look back and go, I should have started. I should have done something differently. I'm still in the same mess. Don't do that. I know you love God. You would not be in church on a Sunday morning if you didn't have a love for God. I know you love God. Now obey his word. Now draw boundaries. You say, can I do that with my husband? Yes. Can I do that with my wife? Yes. How about my kids, neighbors, relatives, extended family, work? Yes, boundaries cover everything. You have to be wise with them, but boundaries are for your protection as well as others. You saying yes, that can be a type of boundary. Say, yes, but here's how it has to be. Or just no, I can't, no. No, I won't do that, I don't feel comfortable, or I'm not able, or you know what, I can't fit that in, I don't know what to tell you, but no right now, I'm sorry. And people's response to no, it gauges, to the word no, it gauges where they're at as well. Boundaries are useful. Boundaries are very useful. Thank you, Father, that you're giving us wisdom in our boundaries. You're teaching us, you're speaking to us through your word, and you're giving us hope and encouragement for the next stage, next level of our lives. Lord, if we don't get it right at this level, we're not able to pass go and go to the next level. We need you to help us here so we can move on to the next thing. We can't do it on our own. So we, I, I personally, I receive your correction today, Lord. You corrected me in some areas when I was studying for this, when I was teaching this today. Lord, you've been dealing with me about boundaries as, as I've restudied this book, and more importantly, your word and verses found in your word, Lord. Correct us, and Lord, as you correct us and show us, we know your word is for inspiration and for rebuke and correction and also to edify. Lord, show us and speak to us where? to make amends, where to draw a line. Show us where we stand according to your word and help us to stand on your word so we don't fall and collapse in the sand, Lord, when the rains of life pour, the rains of controversy, the rain, the rains of public opinion and, and political correctness, God. When those rains...